the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're adding to our faith. And as an illustration, it comes right out of Genesis chapter 1. Join us, Times of Refreshing, with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, next. We've been told in Scripture to be sure to add to our faith. The Apostle Paul lays that out pretty clear in a few places. So what does it mean to add to your faith? What does it look like? And how do we go about doing all of that? Well, we have a great illustration for you out of Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 31, among other places. Please join us as we understand what it means to live out our faith, adding to it, not just resting on it. With more from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California, here's our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Oftentimes when we're walking with Jesus, He doesn't tell us about all the valleys. He may tell us a lot about the peaks, but He doesn't always tell us all about the valleys. And sometimes we start heading into a valley. We start heading into a tough moment, into a tough area of our lives. And it's our patience and perseverance that helps us to get through those moments. And it is a sign that you really do have faith. When you're able to bear up under circumstances that are not favorable, you're able to have endurance as to things and circumstances. It's a sign that you have faith. Abraham displayed this kind of faith. Moses displayed this kind of faith. David experienced this kind of faith and displayed it. Daniel displayed this kind of faith. People like Jeremiah, where they had to sit back and watch life's ups and downs take their course, but yet and still hang on to God and stay committed and to stay faithful and to have patience and perseverance as they went through tough moments. And then God always rewards on the other side. But the issue is, you can't just say, I have faith. But when it's time for us to display some perseverance, we're not willing to go through. If we want to have success, this is something that we have to do. I watched my wife push out four babies. I watched the process. And the first time was rough. Every little thing. You know, she's having her fair first baby. Every little thing. Oh, my stomach. Oh. Ah. I can't sleep. I need this. I need ice cream. I need that. And she went through the process. And, you know, and and the baby's moving. And what was that? I need to call my mama. You know, and she's going through the whole process with the babies. And I watched the first one. And then she pushed that one out. But there was pain. There's a process. But she was willing to persevere. Can I have an amen? Amen. 
She was willing to persevere. And then the next one came. And it got a little bit easier. Just a little bit. Poquito. <laughs> now, it's, isn't it funny because I'm doing all the talking, but I didn't push nothing. <laughs> I didn't push nothing. I'm go, go, girl, go. Praise the Lord. Go, 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 go. But I watched the process. Okay? So I can talk about it. I experienced it too from a distance. Now listen. Come on. Bring it in. Bring it in. Perseverance. Number two. Number three. Perseverance. And four. Now, and I want to say this. And my wife, she may not say this, but I watched it get just a little easier. A lot of the stress and the things, and before long, you know, we got to the place, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it, honey. We got to the place that for the first couple, I think it was one or two, we, we, scheduled, we scheduled the time when we're going to deliver the babies. Said, so we're going to do this at two o'clock on Tuesday, because that's my day off. <laughs> and we sure enough did, and then babies came out just fine. Did they come out just fine? Because I was playing at the one, two of them I was playing at the time. So, so we just said, Tuesday's my day off. So call the lady and see if she can just, you ready, right? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> you got the epidural? Yeah, praise the Lord. Let's do it. <laughs> but what I'm saying here is this. Perseverance. There's going to be times when you experience pain. But when you give birth to something, everything that you've gone through, it, it, it loses its sting because of the reward. God wants us to be, to be fruitful. But do you have perseverance? You have to add to your faith and to your knowledge and to your virtue and to all these things. We have to add. And for us, sometimes we stop that faith and we don't understand that if I'm going to be fruitful, it takes more than me just having faith takes knowledge and perseverance and self-control. It takes virtue. He says to perseverance, verse 6, he says godliness. This word here, godliness, is, is a great word. It is devotion, piety towards God. And I like this. This word here, it means well-directed reverence. Godlikeness, from a moral standpoint, is a part of it. But most importantly, as I look this word up in the Greek, it's your posture and your position before God. It is your posture and position before God. It is well-directed reverence. Is that how we live our lives? Have we added to our faith and to our knowledge and, and added to our, our perseverance? Have we added well-directed reverence toward God? That when it comes to God, that I don't play around with God. That there's a pious position that I take before God. And, and this position helps me to, to position myself for fruitfulness in my life. God resists the proud. But he gives his grace to the humble. He doesn't bless rebellious people. 
He doesn't continually bless rebellious people. He doesn't doesn't promote rebellious people. People, oh, I'm coming to church. I'm here. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm here. And now realizing when we gather as a people of God, or just in your life in general, that God is always watching. He wants to see what's our posture and position before Him. How do we respect Him? Do we honor Him? Do we live our lives as if God is watching us and that He's concerned about the way in which we, we relate to Him? You don't just rush in with God. Scripture talks about this in the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, book of, the book of Psalms. That when you approach God, you're approaching the God of the universe. The creator of heaven and earth and all that has ever existed in the history of existence. He is created and formed. He is before all things. No one is more powerful than him. Understand that it takes one angel, one, one angel to take Satan himself and to lock him up for a thousand years. One. And God created that angel. (laughs) Sometimes we forget how powerful and how awesome God is. And to think that he would say, I want to walk with you. But will you reverence me? Well-directed reverence. This is what godliness is all about. When people get around us, they should sense that we have reverence for God. That we love God. And that God's, we have to add to our faith. We have to add this and allow God to perfect it in us. He says to godliness, verse 7, to godliness, brotherly kindness. This is really important. This word here is is what we get the, the English word Philadelphia from. It's the love of the brethren. It is brotherly kindness. It's it's getting to a point now when you look around this room and you have people that love God, that you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. That there's a love there that is genuine. It's not just a love for God. I love God. And I thank God for who He is and I love God. But you know you're crossing over, according to the book of 1 John, when you really start loving the brethren. You know that you really access God when you start loving people. You start loving your brothers and sisters in Christ. If we really got to this place, it would stop some of the backbiting and the lying. The envy and the jealousy and the hatred. And, and I can't go to your church and I don't like that church and I don't like this church. And we understand that there are some, some churches, you know, quite honestly, they're not, you know, they're... They're reprobate. They're not walking with God. They've twisted the scriptures. They've done a bunch of stuff. But I want to say, for the most part, we've, we just, we separate from people based on personal preference more than anything else. It's not even doctrinal issues sometimes. Why do you stop going to that church? Well, I don't like that church because they got this. What is it? They seats is green. And I don't like the seats. So you stop going to church. Yeah. But I like your church. Like, well, you're not going to like it. Because we, we, because, because here, we're not, who cares about all that? We're looking for Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? 
But what happens is, saints, is we start to, we don't have a love for the brethren. That, Lord, use me to be a blessing. And maybe, maybe some of my closest friends, they don't, you know, believe in all the gifts of the Spirit and all that stuff. And, and all that stuff is great. We believe in it. We teach it. But I can't hang with you because you Baptist or you this or you that. Come on. Can I have an amen, y'all? I mean, it's foolishness. Now, if you start doing some crazy stuff doctrinally, then yes, I'm going to cut you off. You better ask somebody, because I will cut them off quick. But some of the stuff, the women in the church wear jeans. Come on, man. Can I preach this? So I can't hang out with you. Why not? Because y'all don't wear white on first Sunday. Well, come on, man. Come on. You won't want to go to lunch because we don't wear white on first Sunday. It's no brotherly love. When you get to a place where you really love people, saints, some of the stuff that is gray stuff, it, it becomes red stuff. It becomes blood stuff. You're not even tripping off of it. Because you just love people. Well, this is what we got to add to. we got to add to our faith, virtue, and knowledge, and self-control, and perseverance, and brotherly kindness. That when it comes to love of the brethren, that this is something that we excel. Now, it doesn't mean that your brothers are, are perfect, because they're not. You're not perfect. And it's amazing how sometimes people aren't perfect, but they get mad at you because you're not perfect. Amen. I haven't had to pull an uh, amen out of my pocket in a long time, but I'm going to do it on that one. Amen, Pastor Napoleon. People say, you're not perfect, but they're not perfect. Saints, we got to learn to excel when it comes to brotherly love with everyone's hiccups and hang-ups and, 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 you know, little eccentric stuff that people, yeah, praise the Lord. You love them? Yes, I love them. Let's go to lunch. Let's go to lunch. Let's have a good time. Amen? Amen. It says brotherly love. Look what he says here. He says, and to brotherly, and to brotherly kindness, which really is brotherly love, he says love. And I think this is the point that we get to in our walk with Christ is we're trying to mature and we're trying to multiply. We're trying to become fruitful in our lives. Well, now we're doing things for people and we're displaying a characteristic of heart that causes us to be more concerned with what's right for a person and not with just what, what a person wants in life. You give a person what is right and what they need, not just what they want. This is the essence of this particular word in the Greek. Is that God loved us enough that he didn't give us what we wanted. He gave us what we needed. And as a result of that, all of us are sitting here today glorifying the name of the Lord. Because no one in this room would have picked Jesus Christ. 
If God would have asked us what we needed, the first thing you would have said was, I need some more money. That's not saints. We got to get it out of our mind. Money, money isn't the issue. We have an issue. We needed to be changed. We needed to be born again. We needed to be healed. We needed to be delivered. We needed to be set free. And so God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He said, I know exactly what humanity needs. It needs Jesus. And for us, we have to see that when it comes to to love, this is how we begin to function and operate in our lives. With our kids, with our spouses, with with our family members, that we begin to display a heart of love that causes us to give people exactly what they need instead of what they want in life. This is the greatest expression. And to lay down our lives for other people. Greater love have no man than this than a man laid down his life for his friend. Jesus displayed his love for us by saying, I'm going to die for you because this is what you need. Peter said, no, master. He said, this is, he, he tried to stop him. And, and the Satan, and Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. For you savor the things that be of man and not of God. You just have your mind focused on the things that be of man. But when you really fall in love with people, you want God's best interest in their lives. Not just for what they feel is right. Can I have an amen? People are saying, well, accept us. Accept me. Accept me. Yes. We're going to accept you to the degree that you're willing to allow God to change you. Now, what I mean by that is this. People want acceptance without change. But we can't even get far with God if we're not willing to repent, amen, Amen. and change. And so it's the same thing. God, he accepts you. He loves you, but he wants you to change. And it's the same thing with us. Hey, hey, we're going to be in this marriage, and I love you, but I'm not going to let you put your hands on me one more time. I'm gone. I love you, but I'm not going to let you abuse my kids i love you but i'm not gonna sit let here sit here and let you sit here and stay home all day and play video games while i'm out working and you here chilling you need to get up and do something with yourself brother can i have an amen now i love you but i'm gonna and what happens is we learn that love just doesn't say well you just have everything you want Love says, no, this is what's right. And this is what you need. Saints, if we add this to our lives, what happens is God begins to open a way for us and fruitfulness begins to spring forth in our lives. Let's go back to verse 5. He says our faith is the catalyst. It gets the ball rolling. You start believing God. Then all of a sudden moral excellence begins to set in. Now God is preparing you for where he's taking you. He starts to prepare you for where he's taking you. He starts to work moral excellence in your life and in my life. Goodness starts to begin to flow through us and action begins to take place. He says knowledge. Now I'm growing. I'm growing in my knowledge of who God is. I'm getting to know him more. 
I'm starting to develop and have an understanding of my surroundings. I know the word of God. I'm, I'm progressing. Now fruitfulness just becomes a part. It's starting to become a part of my life. He says not only that, he says self-control. Now I'm not sabotaging my destiny by doing a bunch of foolish stuff. I'm staying on the path and then now God is starting to kick in. And I'm able to tell myself no. I'm able to tell myself stop. I'm able to hold my tongue instead of saying something I shouldn't to get me fired on my job. Now self-control is kicking in. Perseverance. I'm going to have some speed bumps. I'm going to have some moments. But perseverance kicks in. I'm able to bear under circumstances and situations and have endurance. And I'm going to win this race. I'm just going to stick in the race. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stick right here. You guys could try to run me out of here, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here because God's going to bless me in this place right here. God's going to bless me. Godliness. Now I'm staying reverence before God. I'm sticking in that place before God where I see him and my, I have a willful directed reference towards him. I'm loving my brothers, and I'm displaying love. And then God says, now you're to the place where you'll neither, neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. And that spills over to every area of our lives. Saints, God has not called you to be a desolate land. He wants you to flourish. Personal life, spiritual life. On your job. He wants you to flourish. Jo- Joseph, he got thrown in the prison and he flourished in there. He flourished. Wherever God put him, he just flourished. Unjustly accused, flourished. It didn't matter. Why? Because he walked with God. He displayed these characteristics that we're talking about. And you say, wherever he went, he just, he's just flourished. Moments and times in David's life. Bear with me, saints. Moments and times in David's life, you see him. He gets into a moment, and now he's in the blessing zone. And he just starts flourishing. His kingdom starts flourishing. Everything about his life just starts flourishing. He's multiplying. This is where God wants to take us. Now, I think for us as saints... We got to start believing and then start adding. If you want multiplication, you got to add. Stop saying, I just believe God. But pastor, I don't have any self-control. Because every time God starts blessing me, all of a sudden the devil, he sends June bug to call me. And the next thing you know, I'm back where I was before. Because you need self-control. I want God to bless me, Pastor. But every time I start experiencing a hard time, I just quit. I'm a quitter. Well, you got to stop quitting. Have some perseverance. Add it to your faith. Don't quit anymore. Stop quitting. Can I have an amen? I don't care. It may get tough on your job. God may have placed you on that job because he wants to promote you. You have to persevere there and fight your way through some things. Stop quitting jobs. I'm just preaching this because this is what happens. Why you, what, what's, what's wrong? Why, what happened to you? What, you was being blessed. Yeah, but they got on my last nerve. I quit. Well, you, why'd you do that? Because they got on my last nerve. You got to have persecution. I mean, 
Perseverance. You got to have persecution and perseverance. Because your persecution is going to help you to activate your perseverance. There you go. Activate your perseverance. And then watch God move. And I want to stop and I want to end by saying this. Saints, we're going to multiply. There's going to be times. But it's nothing like, it's nothing like going through and watching God take you through that moment. It's, it's always better when you, when you have to go through a little turbulence. It, 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 because there's a level of appreciation and wisdom that you gain during the process that causes you to look back. And, and number one, your faith in God just goes to another. And then number two, you look back and say, man, I didn't even know that was in me. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can I have an amen? And I am going to be fruitful in my life. Because I'm not just sticking at my faith, I'm adding to my faith. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.